Percy, when we're traveling and suddenly we realize that the path we're on is not taking us to our desired destination, what do we do? Well, Wayne, I have found myself in this situation a time or two in my lifetime, I must admit. And I had to find the courage to simply recalibrate to make a course correction Mm -hmm. when needed. And this may very well need to be the disposition of anyone on a cancer journey. We should probably never be afraid to change directions if needed. Let's talk about this today. Absolutely. We'll hear from a caregiver who decided to get behind the wheel of her husband's bus of care to ultimately drive in a completely different direction. The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. I'm so glad you've joined us now. This is Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I'm Wayne Shepherd with Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. He's tireless, he's an encourager, and Percy, I so appreciate what you do. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you so much, my friend. And uh, it's, just the, it's, the, it's the work of my life and it's the joy of my life, and uh, I'm yep. grateful for that opportunity. When we're called and in the center of that call, it makes it joyful, doesn't it? It does. It, 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 it's not work. I tell people all the time I get tired in my work, but I never get tired of my work. And so mm-hmm. with that, uh, I haven't worked in a long, long time. It's been, a, <laughs> it's been a joy. It has really been a joy. Yeah, you are a hard worker, actually. OK, well, let's talk about what we're going to do today. Um, first of all, we have a resource called Knowledge is Power. I want to point our listeners to that at healthhopeandinspiration.com. But we have a guest who's going to join us. Actually, we met her husband a couple of weeks ago here on the podcast. We did. And and this, I call them the dynamic duo. And as is the case for many cancer patients, most uh, successful cancer survivors have not gotten to that point alone that they needed help and assistance along the way, a caregiver, at least one, uh, or a community of caregivers. And as is the case with uh, Sandy and Ed, who we spoke to a couple of weeks ago, we're going to hear her amazing story of how she sprung into action when she realized that things were not going as they thought they would. And she felt like that they needed to take a different direction and did just that. Yeah. Uh, they're going to join you on the phone today. Have you ever met them in person, though? I'm just wondering, is their personality as bubbly as it sounds on the phone? No, I've never met them in person. And again, these were folks that were recommended to me from our Atlanta facility. And uh, I reached out and spoke to them and uh, just to kind of find out how things were going and would they be interested. And they was like, absolutely. We've got a story (laughs) to tell. And, you know, we just took off from there. And so with that, they were grateful. And so were we to have them on the show. What a great team they make, huh? We met Ed a couple of weeks ago, and today we'll meet Sandy. And we'll get to that conversation pre-recorded with Percy here in just a few moments. I mentioned our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. That website has this week's featured resource, Knowledge is Power. We'll talk more about that uh, later in the program here today. It also contains a question of the week. Percy, we so appreciate our listeners investing themselves in us by answering these questions. Yeah, thank you so much for participating. And here's another question we want you to react and respond to, and it is this. Have you ever traveled down a certain path and realized that you were heading in the wrong direction? How did you find the strength to change your course of direction. Mm-hmm. Have you ever traveled down a certain path and realized that you were heading in the wrong direction? How did you find the strength to change 
courses of your direction. We want to hear from you today. Yeah, it's a very serious question, of course, but I'm thinking of the fact that even GPS can lead us astray sometimes these days. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that is so interesting and that is so true, Wayne, because just recently my wife and I were driving somewhere and the GPS was taking us into some really crazy areas. And I was like, (laughs) this just doesn't look right. It doesn't feel right. And as it turned out, it was not correct. And so we had to we had to have the courage of conviction to say, this is not correct. We need to take a different direction. And we recalibrated and we did. (laughs) (laughs) I was in a car recently with someone else driving. I didn't want to give them directions to be that, uh, you know, backseat driver. But I knew the GPS just wasn't taking us where we wanted to go. It took us in circles. But, oh, oh well, we are slaves to technology, aren't we? (laughs) We are. Well, seriously, though, we want your uh, answer to the question about traveling down a certain path and realizing you were heading in the wrong direction. How would you find the strength to change course? Answer mm. at healthhopeandinspiration.com. All right, we're going to meet our guests in a moment. We're going to open scripture with Percy right now. Yep, our foundational scripture for today is found in the Gospel of Matthew, the seventh chapter, and we're going to read verses seven and eight. And it says unto us, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and to him who knocks it will be open today this scripture is going to highlight the disposition and the attitude of a caregiver of her husband when she realized that the direction that they were heading in was not working and things needed to change and change drastically she took some action steps and we will hear how she did just that Stay tuned for that in just a moment. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America, a national oncology network of hospitals and outpatient care centers. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. With hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, and Phoenix, they take an integrative approach to cancer care. They use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact a member of their team with questions you may have about treatment options by calling 866-712-HOPE. 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses a patient-centered approach and a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Well, a couple of weeks ago, as we said, we met Ed Russ. Let's meet his wife, Sandy, now. Here's Percy McRae. Well, hey, folks, it's me, Reverend McRae. I'm back, and... um I'm at it again. I'm behind the microphone and I'm doing what I do best. I'm talking and I'm getting insight and and perspective from people who have walked the path of being cancer patients. That That's what we do on this show. And that's what you're going to hear today. But we're going to talk to a caregiver. And as those of you who have followed the show over the last six or seven years, you know that we place high value and importance upon the role of caregivers. As a matter of fact, uh, with the Our Journey of Hope Cancer Care Leadership Training Program that I manage, uh, and for those of you who belong to local 
local churches that you're interested, you can go to ourjourneyofhope.com. One of the chapters in the curriculum that we teach local churches on how to start cancer care ministries is caring for the caregiver or remembering the caregiver or understanding the caregiver. And in many cases, the caregivers uh, get left out of the equation. We tend not to focus upon them. We tend not to think much about them. But at the end of the day, cancer is not an individual sport. It's a community disease and it impacts everyone that's affiliated and associated with that patient, including uh, their spouses, their children, or anyone that's their caregivers. And today we're going to hear from an amazing, oh my goodness, an amazing caregiver. Uh, We've talked to her husband before, uh, Ed Russ. If you did not hear that show, please go back and uh, archive that off of healthhopeandinspiration.com. Ed Russ. Uh, but we're going to talk to his wife today, Sandy. Uh, Sandy and, and Russ have been married for 41 years at the time of this recording. And for those of you who may recall, uh, Ed was a patient treating at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, uh, three and a half years of treatment uh, in Atlanta. He was diagnosed originally with stage four rectum cancer and uh, had done uh, chemotherapy, radiation, uh, surgery, But then uh, they decided to shift gears with the direction of what they were doing with their treatment and care and where they were receiving their treatment and care. And we're now going to talk to the person that really led that charge and initiated that from uh, from that point. So today, welcome to the show, Sandy Russ, wife of Ed Russ. Hey, Sandy, how you doing? Doing great. How are you? I am really, really well, and I'm excited to have you because I know what we're going to talk about today. And so, uh, and and having spoken to you previously to get a kind of sense of your story with regard to being a caregiver of of your wonderful, uh, darling husband, uh, you began to kind of get engaged and involved in his his process at a point when when you felt like. Uh, there were some things that just needed to be done differently, that there was a different course of action uh, for various different reasons that needed to be taken. Let's first talk about the day, uh, as I always start the conversation, uh, you were with Russ the day that he was told that he had cancer. When you heard that as a caregiver, how did you feel and how did you react to that? Um, well, it was, I, I was sort of preparing myself for that before he went okay. based on his symptoms. Okay. Um, so I was pre- I was prepared for that that statement, hope you know, hoping and praying that it was something different, but prepared if it was, um, and it was it was difficult um, because there were all of these emotions that I I wanted to cry, I wanted to break down, but I knew that I couldn't yeah. because I had to be strong because if I broke down, then it would it wouldn't help Ed. He it would be harder for him. So. Um, I just, uh, we left the doctor's office. I drove home and I was praying the whole way home okay. You know, okay. that I needed, I, I needed to, to be able to be strong. I needed to, to have strengths to help Ed and, and our daughters. Cause we, I knew that it was going to be difficult for them to hear those words because when you hear you have cancer, the, the worst things in your mind or the worst things go through your mind, yeah. death, weakness, yep. uh, sickness, all of that. So it was a lot of emotion that day. And and you're absolutely right. And uh, what I appreciate about, you know, that explanation is, again, and it sounds like this is probably uh, part of just your nature and your DNA makeup, 
that you were pre- kind of preparing yourself. You were kind of getting yourself engaged for the possibility of hearing. Uh, so you sound like to me the type of person that is a person of action. Once you kind of get your head wrapped around what's the situation, uh, what are my options and what do I need to do? You sound like you are the type of gal that's like, OK, now it's time to go get the axe. We got to go chop some wood. That's kind of what I'm hearing you as that kind of go getter, kind of take charge. You know, we're taking no prisoners at this point. We've got things that we've got to do. Is that fair? Oh, yes, that's that's a fair. That's a fair. Uh, description. <laughs> so having said that, that helps us to segue into the moment. Ed started out, you know, uh, at another place at another time doing treatment and care and did some very rigorous treatment, chemotherapy, radiation, uh, surgery, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, by Ed's own admission, he said that those were difficult uh, processes and that uh, I guess the assessment by you guys was that things weren't really progressing as you thought that they should or as you would like for them to. And somewhere along the lines, uh, Super Sandy steps in with her axe in her hand and says, "Okay, I need to start doing or looking or considering some things that may help change the trajectory of this uh, process and conversation on behalf of my husband. Let's talk about uh, how you engaged the process of considering doing something different. What did you do? Why did you do it? And ultimately, what did you what did that lead you to do? My biggest fear when all when all this was going on, when Ed was doing his treatment and and I'm watching I'm watching the suffering and dealing with everything and keeping the kids, you know, like informed, but not overly anxious. Um, my biggest fear was not that he would die. I, I know God has a plan for us. And, you know, I hope that we're together a long time. But if the plan is not that way, I, I would. I was able to accept it, okay. but my biggest fear was not that he would die, but that he would die. And then I would find out about something that we hadn't tried. Or uh, that we hadn't okay. So I, I started researching and as he was progressively getting worse and I'm not finding anything that looked viable for his uh, treatment, I prayed for knowledge. Which is a good thing. The Bible actually tells us that we should pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge. So, amen. Okay, go on. Yeah, so so I, I prayed for knowledge to help me help him. And that's how I found genomic testing. I, I, got, I got a bill in the mail for something. And as I was doing the research for this medical bill, this treatment that Ed had uh, received, that's how I sort of stumbled on advanced genomic testing. I went down the rabbit hole of what is advanced genomic testing, even though I, it wasn't a treatment. I'm like, let me find out what it is. And I read about the whole genome project and I learned about what it could do. And I was, I was just so excited. Mm. I, I was just amazed at what was there. And then that led me to targeted therapy and all, and all the ways that advanced genomic testing, how the results and knowing the cancer DNA mutation how it can help personalize the treatment instead of just a standard treatment, which for Ed wasn't working. I was just beyond excited. And I was praising Lord and (laughs) and thanking him for giving me, you know, something. And so then I, I, I looked for treatment facilities that offered advanced genomic testing and cancer treatment centers of America was at the top of the list. And I made a phone call. I'm the trust, but verified made the phone call 
asked about it. And the representative who was just another angel, um, everything that I had read and researched, he verified for me. And I knew that we had to go for a second opinion. And it was far from our home. We were going to have to travel. It was going to be inconvenient. Yeah. But it was what what we needed to do. So I went out and being <laughs> that person that you described, I told Ed, you're going. <laughs> I'm, I'm putting you in the car on this day and we're going. And when, and when we got there, it everything changed. It was... Uh, it was another answer to prayer. And we were so impressed with what advanced genomic testing could do about the targeted therapy, about the options, the people that were there with us mm. that just were so genuine and caring. And you knew that they really were there because they wanted to help everybody that was there every day in yeah. some way, whether it's just a smile or a hug or telling you, this is the treatment we're going to put you on. And we're confident that you're going to see progress. It, it, it amazed us, and we decided to stay. Well, I would have to say, given the fact that uh, Ed has been with you for a minimum of 41 years, uh, Ed also was able to trust in the fact that you are all about trust and verify that you would do your due diligence, that you would have done your homework, and that he knows that you would not put him in harm's way, uh, got in the car, and let you drive him to Cancer Treatment Centers of America. You get to the front door. You have an amazing experience. I would imagine you probably met some of my dearest friends there, Mark Barnes, Reverend Chip Gordon, you know, and I can go on and on and on. I know all of these people. I know them very well. And 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 you had this like, amazing uh, experience. But more importantly, or equally important, I should say, is that you were given some clinical choices and options that you did not necessarily know that you had previous you engage in that process. You you go down that rabbit hole, as you said, and you you know you do advanced genomic testing. For those who are not familiar, Google search is an amazing new kind of process that is being introduced or has been introduced into the cancer community. And then from that, you get a targeted therapy that's prescribed. That and again, it's interesting because when Ed uh, described this to us, and I didn't have the time to elaborate, uh, if I could synthesize it down, he was basically prescribed more or less a breast cancer protocol for, you know, rectum cancer that had uh, metastasized to his lung. Who would ever think that that would be a pathway of treatment? But this is the beauty uh, and the genius of genomic, advanced genomic testing. Uh, today, as we know, uh, and as we stated earlier, of course, your, your darling, Ed, is now listed and categorized as having no evidence of disease where he started out with stage four rectal cancer that metastasized to his lungs. What what do you have to say to that that course of this journey that you've traveled today to stand on the other side to say, my husband is alive and well and he's thriving and he's living a quality of life. What 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 say you about that, Sandy? Well, when he was first diagnosed, um, I never, I never asked, you know, why, mm. why this is happening. I knew that there was a reason for it. And I, and I told Ed, I said, you know, we don't know what that reason is, but there's a reason that this is happening to you and to our family. So we're going to have to, we're going to have to make something good from something bad, whatever it is, that's, that's what we're here to do. And so through this journey, we came to realize that, 
telling other cancer patients, just educating everyone yeah. about advanced genomic testing, targeted therapy, that maybe that's why Ed and I had to go through this, him being a cancer patient, me being a care, caregiver, to really understand what other people go through. And they may not have that person or the ability to do that research and understand that you have to be your own advocate and you have to go out and try different things and be open to other things. So that that is the way I feel about it. I, I, I really hate that other people go through cancer and that Ed had to go through cancer and what it put our family through. But I am so grateful that we're able to share this and educate others and give them hope. Yeah, I would have loved for, to have heard a message like this five years ago. You know what? Let me say this right now, Sandy. If I'm in a in an alley and and I and my back is against the wall and I've got six people coming to, to jump on me, I want you to be with me because you are the kind of person I want in the foxhole saying, "Listen, we gonna make good out of this bad situation. Uh, we don't know why right now, but there's something that's gonna come out of this that ultimately uh, will allow us to be a testimony to God and to declare." Uh, as I often tell people, two things can be true at the same time. While bad is happening, something good can come from that. And in this particular case, the why is exactly what you're doing right now. You're talking to hundreds and thousands of people, encouraging them, motivating them and inspiring them with your path and your journey. And somebody's listening right now that needs to hear exactly what you've just stated and how you and Ed got to this point. Uh, I am encouraged and delighted that uh, that you and Ed got together 41 years ago. Thank God for whatever that first date or whatever and however that took place because you are a, a glowing example of the power of a caregiver and what caregivers bring to the equation. And there is very few successful cancer patients that I know that has survived the ebb and flow and the highs and lows of a cancer journey who did not have someone standing by their side helping them along the way. And so thank God you were the bus driver and I'll get on your bus any day of the week. With the few seconds and minutes that we have left to close, uh, you said it all. Um, what continues to drive or give you hope today? What gives me hope is knowing that God hears my prayers. Wow. And, and he, he, he may not answer it immediately. He may not answer it in the way I thought he would, but he will answer it. Today, you have heard from Sandy Russ. She is the wife of 41 years of a retired police officer, Ed Russ, who was diagnosed uh, nearly four years ago with stage four rectum cancer, who today, at the, at the time of this recording, has no evidence of disease, uh, started out with some course of treatment, decided it was time to take a different direction. And Sandy basically facilitated that and said, I'm driving the plane here and we're going to go in a different direction. And as it turned out, uh, they eventually landed that plane to safely say that all clear. Uh, we've got our luggage. We had a little air turbulence, but we're, we're flat on the ground today. And they are walking in the power of the hope and the faith of God today. Uh, I salute you, Sandy. Please give my best regards to Russ and, to, and that we are declaring that he will continue to live and not die. And that life, the best is still yet to come for you both and your family. Thank you for being on Health, Hope and Inspiration. God bless, dear. Thank you. 
And there's much to talk about with Percy in just a moment after that enlightening conversation here today. Have you ever wanted to find answers to your cancer-related questions? With Cancer Center for Alexa, now you can. The Cancer Center for Alexa skill is a voice-activated question and answer tool, empowering users to ask Alexa questions they may have about cancer or services available at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The skill can answer over 800 questions on more than 40 different cancer types, symptoms, risk factors, and treatment options. To access this tool, you or anyone you support can simply say, Alexa, enable Cancer Center to any Amazon device. And you can also access the tool on any smartphone by downloading the Alexa app. Look for Cancer Center for Alexa. Percy, as I listened to you talk with Sandy Russ here today and heard her experience as a caregiver, I mean, here's someone I'm so grateful that she stepped in and uh, she really kind of took the reins here, didn't she? Well, it's the power of, of what caregivers can do and what they bring to the table. And as you know, we talk about and we and we celebrate caregivers often on this platform because they typically are forgotten about, but they are so crucial and so important, as was the case in this scenario. It was uh, compromised. And in his own words, he said he was a bit out of it. His treatment and his care plan was not going very well and was not producing any real results. And Sandy said she sprung into action. She said she she began to uh, do some research online and she came across a concept called advanced genomic testing. And mm -hmm. we talked about this during Ed's interview, yeah. which basically allows uh, now clinically for you to be able to take a look at the DNA uh, profile, the genetic profile of a unique particular type of cancer to hopefully see what type of mutation it may have and then assign an, a more effective uh, personalized uh, care of treatment for that. And for them, they said that this was a game changer and that was Ed's own words. But Ed probably would have never gotten to that point if he did not have the proactive caregiver uh, in Sandy who said it was time for me to get behind the wheel and drive the bus. And that's mm -hmm. exactly what she did. Yeah. And I, I think of her as an advocate for her husband. Yes. She advocated and, for him. And, and we talk about it all the time. You know, no one will be a better advocate for you than you or someone, uh, a loved one who's right. close to you. And, and everyone needs to be encouraged. And I think we need to put a fine point on this, that at the end of the day, do not allow, as, as Ed told us, fear uh, to paralyze you. But, you know, if something's not working or if it's not effective or you feel indifferent, uh, you need to advocate on your own behalf for your health and for your wellness. As I remind us all the time, uh, the daytime TV shows tell us as the world turns, <laughs> while we're young and restless, we only have one life to live. And so, you know, and we're trying to help keep people out of general hospital as much as we can before we leave to go to another world. And so uh, this is exactly what Sandy did. She sprung into action and said, this is not working. Uh, and she and her motivation, she said, is that she did not want uh, Ed to pass away and then find out later that there was possibly something else that they could have done, but they were not aware of it. So she went out and she began to do her research and she said, Lord, uh, I'm praying for you to give me wisdom and knowledge and insight. And what a wise thing to do, because the Bible tells us that let us seek from God and ask him. And that's why we read the scripture that we did earlier today and uh, and ask God for wisdom. And, and that's exactly what was provided to her. And she was given a resource. It was called Advanced Genomic Testing. Uh, they followed up and changed courses of direction. And here today, 
it now is listed as no evidence of disease Remarkable. after going through amazing wow. and super difficult treatment processes and things were not looking very well initially for him. Yeah. Uh, Sandy was engaged in the process. She didn't just, you know, welcome her husband home after, you know, his visits with a doctor. She was engaged in the process here. Uh, and, and that that really speaks volumes to me. Yeah, she wasn't a casual bystander at all. No. By, by no stretch of the imagination, she she was engaged. And I would suggest also the other co- component to this: she was empowered. She was empowered by her husband. Right, they were a team. Uh, yeah, that's exactly correct. Because again, cancer is not an individual sport. Uh, this is a team sport. We need we need others to surround ourselves with to empower to help us hold our arms up. And in this particular case, uh, Sandy literally took the lead and said, we need to do something different. And and he was comfortable enough and confident enough that he allowed her to do just that. And thank God, Wayne, that she did. Yeah. Today, he's in a very different physical and clinical state as a result of her saying, we've got to do something different. This is not working. Well, speak to the person who perhaps is uh, going through a cancer diagnosis right now and they're at that beginning stage when they're drawn in. And that's understandable, too. We, we know you need time to process this. But at some point, you've got to start leaning on others, don't you? Absolutely. And for, and for those of us and I, you know, I put my hand in the air. And if you, you know, uh, the interview that I did with my wife and, you know, I'm a type A personality. I've got this. It's under control. Right. Let me lead the way. Right. There, there become times that we must understand that we've got to pull others in and allow others to be part of our process and to help us and to assist us and to give us, you know, that which we may not be able to do in and under our own strength. We cannot fly the plane alone. We should not fly the plane alone, Mm -hmm. Wayne. We need to have a co-pilot, at least one person that we trust and that we've empowered to say, hey, if if you see some things or if you hear some things that maybe I've missed or I'm not, you know, gelling with, I need to empower you to say, hey, we need to take a second look here. We need to think about this. And that is an empowering and important aspect of what caregivers bring to the equation we salute every caregiver that is engaged, uh, that's part of the process, and that has helped that individual to work through a difficult battle of journey to see uh, a difficult battle of cancer, excuse me, to see themselves at the end of a process where things are much more hopeful and that they are living their best life today, despite what the challenges were in the beginning of that process. But the other side of the coin is that as the caregiver, you can't run ahead either. You can't do more than the, the the person who has the cancer wants you. You've got to be in sync with each other there. This is an important point, Wayne. This is the other side of the equation. It's nuanced. It's, it's, it's a balance, you know. I can recall a scenario where uh, there was a very strong-willed caregiver for the cancer patient. And any time that I ever came to visit that patient, uh, I would ask questions of how are you doing, how are you feeling, et cetera, et cetera. And they would say one thing to me while their caregiver was there. But anytime that I would speak to them when their caregiver was not there, mm-hmm. the conversation was very different because of, to your point, the and the intention is well, but you can you can get in front of and you can overbear on top of a cancer patient. Right. And that's not helpful either because they may not be actually be, be truthful to the process yep. or how they're feeling because they don't want to disrupt the caregiver's disposition of this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. We've got to let the cancer patient take the lead 
or transfer that to us when they're ready to do so. Well, in the case of Ed and Sandy, truly knowledge was power for them, wasn't it? The advanced genomic testing was so helpful. Uh, Knowledge is power is our free resource. Tell us what's in this resource at the website. It it is. Again, it just gives you kind of some fact-based information around cancer, uh, some data, some statistics, some things that everybody should know when entering into the cancer space from a conversation perspective. Uh, You know, quite frankly, none of us really are really well versed in the subject of cancer. If we've never, ever engaged in it personally or been with someone who has. So we're really quite ignorant to the conversation. Uh, Initially, this document has been uh, created to kind of help everyone kind of get an idea and a summary of the basic things to know and understand about cancer. And so that's why we uh, titled it Knowledge is Power. The Bible says that my people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And Percy McCray, Reverend McCray likes to say, but not the health, hope, and inspiration crowd, <laughs> because we are constantly providing you with knowledge and information that will empower you so that you can go forward and not be destroyed and that you have a working idea of what you're dealing with. So the document is empowering uh, to provide basic insights about the cancer conversation that people can have kind of a summary and an idea and an overview of what cancer is and things that you should be aware of and think about in regard to that. Take advantage of this. Knowledge is power. It's a resource that you can download and use at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Let's go to our spiritual nugget in wrapping this up, Percy. Yes, sir. So we're going to close where we started, Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8. And this is uh, this is the response and the, and the reaction of what happened to Sandy, literally. It says, ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. Sandy said, there's got to be something else. I am not going to allow my husband to die unless I have exhausted all options and possibilities, went out and start searching for information. She started knocking, if you will, on digital doors. She started, (laughs) you know, literally asking the digital community what else can be done. And she received a response. The door was open unto her and an answer was given. They opened that door and they walked through that door. And today, She and her husband, he has no evidence of disease, and they are grateful that they did not allow fear to paralyze them from making a change of course of direction. Today, be empowered to know that you are the captain of your ship and you get to make choices and decisions on where you take that. Be empowered to make choices and changes when needed and necessary. Thank you, brother, for bringing these stories to us. We really appreciate it. That's Pastor Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. I hope you'll join us next week. Percy, I know you will. We'll be here, won't we? Yes, we will. And until the next time, I love you to life and not to death. Remember, we have work to do. Keep chopping the wood. God bless. We'll talk soon. Thank you for listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, and Phoenix take an integrative approach to cancer care. 
We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.